Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Men for the Win is sponsored by The Grand Group with Edina Realty. Are you looking to purchase a new home in the Twin Cities area? Or perhaps you're trying to sell your current home? Whether you're upsizing or downsizing, The Grand Group with Edina Realty will meet all of your housing needs. Contact The Grand Group by emailing thegrandgroup at edinarealty.com or call them by phone at 612-817-8751. The Grand Group with Edina Realty, three-time Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine Super Agent Award winners. On this episode, David and Dan discuss the Twins' three-game series against the Seattle Mariners. Thanks for listening. Go Twins! Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win. My name is David Kufis. With me, as always, is Dan Thompson. Dan, I had all these talking points ready here. The Twins had not lost a series, and the losses that they had were always in extra innings, and so they just can't be beat in nine innings, Dan. And then, oof, column A didn't show up in Game 3, column B didn't show up in Game 3, and as you texted, Dan, it seemed like it was column C for Game 3 of this series. How you, uh, how you holding up after that devastating loss? Well, I, I turned the game on in about the third inning. And, you know, because it's Mariners, I'm in Mariners country. I can't watch the Mariners Twins game on the app, which is another separate complaint. Yeah, you um, should be able to say that you're not a Mariners fan, so well, the game shouldn't be blacked out for well, you. Well, exactly. But they didn't they didn't allow that. So so I couldn't watch it, but I listened to it. And I so I tuned in. It was it was I think it was four nothing at the time. Then it was six nothing. And then things just kind of started to fall apart in the sixth. And I thought, huh, this is weird. And yeah. I mean, good for the Mariners. They're five and four. The Twins are five and four, but not not at all the series we thought we were getting into, David. No, I really thought that they were going to come away with the series victory. Like I said, I had my notes all set up, Dan. I was ready to go, be like, yes, we're still feeling good. We dropped another game in extras. What are you going to do? I hate that rule per usual, but it's hard because we're at home for the first time. There's fans in the stands and the first game just went so according to plan. Barrios looked so good. So let's jump right into the series recap here. So the Twins win it 10 to 2. Barrios looks good, goes five and two thirds innings, gives up two runs and three walks. Not great, but he struck out eight. Then the bullpen does their job. I ugh, It's just a really disappointing end to the series, but I'm trying to keep my stamina and my energy up for game one Dan because game one was just a fun one and I'm sure for anybody in the stands it had to be just a welcomed sight to see baseball and to see the twins rolling I know you're a little bummed you don't have to be bummed about game one Dan. we can transport back to Thursday afternoon <laughs> right it was a 10 to 2 win 16 hits um, Buxton being Buxton can we say oh, that now goodness. he was three for five well, in the game yes but if you're gonna say Buxton being Buxton that how it should be phrased is Buxton reaching his full potential is how it should not Buxton Buxton being Buxton, because in his natural state, Dan, he's not on the field typically. <laughs> well, he looked good this game. Garver looked good, too. That three-run homer uh, really keyed the game, I thought, in the bottom of the third to give him a lead. Just a fun, fun game, I thought. Even Luis Arise gets in on the home runs. You know the Twins are hitting well when Luis Arise hits a home run. Who was batting ninth, by the way. Ugh. Yeah, I don't like that, David. I don't like no, him betting ninth. I don't know how many people do, and I understand the matchup situation. I don't really care, Dan. Honestly, the more I watch baseball, especially in positions that are like they kind of have a role to play, specifically the leadoff spot, I really, really dislike that, oh, well, Arise can't go because it's a lefty on the mound. Let's put him in the nine hole. No, have him lead off. He's still going to see more pitches than anybody else on the team by far. Well, and then consider what if they knock the starting pitcher out early on, then none of that matchup stuff matters. I, I would, until I see him struggle, 
against lefties in that situation, then I just want him batting leadoff and, and just yes. and see what happens. He's that kind of slap hitter where he could get a hit that's not great contact. He just knows where to put the ball. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe Rocco's going to change that decision. You'd hope so. And I think that a lot of fans feel that way. But we know that, I mean, they're not listening to the fans, Dan. No matter how much we clamor for a rise at the top of the lineup, probably not going to happen. But Well, I don't want them to listen to us, David, in that sense, <laughs> right? I hope they know more than we do. You know, it's I the, hope they have more methodology than that. It's the Joker scene from The Dark Knight where, where we don't really know what we'd do if they started listening to us. It's just a dog <laughs> right. catching a car. It wouldn't know what right, to do. Right, right. That's a nice reference, David. Great movie. Um, <laughs> but this game goes well. So the Twins, even Sano gets a hit. Uh, Barrios Congratulations. goes five. Didn't I strike know. out every... Again, that's the bar for Sano. If he doesn't strike out in every at-bat, that's a victory. But then Barrios <laughs> goes five and two-thirds. Thielbar, Alcala, and Waddell finish it off. Um, just a, a fun game. Nice to see them not blow a lead. First time for everything, Dan. Uh, and then uh, game two. Game two didn't go so well. Um, no. That was not as fun to listen to. No. And, you know, it was interesting because in the bottom of the eighth, the Twins had the momentum, right? And it seemed like they were going to pull it off. And this is what bothered me. I, I couldn't fit this into any of the segments, but it really bothered me when the Mariners hit Buxton with how hot he's been. And, like, I get it. I wouldn't want to pitch to him either. But, like, intentionally walk him then. Maybe it wasn't intentional. Kind of seemed like it was intentional to me. But but what's kind of funny in listening, because I was I was listening to that game, and and Corey Provis goes out of his way to point out, oh, he's not hurt. He's going to make, he's walking to first. Like, it's all about, like, is Buxton going to survive this hit baseball? It just grazed his jersey. But there's that palpable fear, I think, among the Twins fan base. Like, is, is he going to get hurt? And this season is just going to be derailed, right? Yes. Like there's that fear. So and then it happened again in game three. But in game two, my, my qualm with that was, you know, they, they finished 0 for 8. The twins did with runners in scoring position in that game. You get one more run. In, in any of those spots there. And I, I did get that feeling that they got to they gotta find a way to win that game in the bottom of the eighth and get Buxton across because they stranded him at third. Yeah, well, it, <laughs> I just, I can't get over it as far as, as far as the Twins' inability to capitalize when they needed to in that game. But more than that, Dan, the way that they lost that game is in extras. And if you look at Rogers' line, he gave up one hit, one run, None earned because of that stupid. Oh, you're gonna go on this rule. It's the rule. It is what it is, David. I don't know. It's so stupid. <laughs> I mean, I talk. It's every single episode, Dan. And again, this was gonna be one of my talking points if we had gotten to this point and the Twins had only had losses in extra innings. I'm still ticked about the two games that they had losses in extra innings. This one specifically, though, you should not have a game where the team that won didn't have a palpable hit to get a guy across the plate like there was no real hit yes there was one hit or whatever but it was a sack fly and it was it's ridiculous Dan this should not happen I mean it's not going to change right like now that they've instituted it for this year I don't see this rule going away you don't see it going away you think this is the way it is this is the way David why would they go back at this point well I think you go back for the reasons that the purists like you would argue but I guess they don't listen to the purists anymore no if they did then 90 teams wouldn't make the postseason (laughs) it's only I think it's only five now right it's not it's it's still too many it's a lot i don't know i don't i don't have as much of a problem with it in the sense that if it is what it is then you got to adapt to it the twins just haven't adapted to it yet my complaint now is how the twins have executed it as compared to the mariners right because what did the mariners do david in the top of the 10th what did they do with that runner on second base yeah, they got him to third, and then they, they sack got him, him home. to third, right? And I think the, the actually it, the bunt was so good that the guy even reached first. The guy reached, right? Yep. Okay, so so that's that is my complaint is that the Twins just need to do better at that. And the Twins come up, and I feel like they they saw like four pitches swing away, swing away. And Baldelli had said after the game, "Well, we're just not really well. We can't really assess it after ten at bats. I think you can assess the strategy after the ten at bats, David." 
Can't you? Uh, yes. Well, and I, here's the deal. What or, or can me, you not? Can you not even talk about this subject because on principle? I'm, or are you I'm, are you it, able to, to delve? I, in? I can I can calm myself okay. back a little bit here, but it is it is frustrating. So, and just for those of you who are kind of new to baseball or don't realize that this is the rule, in extra innings, each team gets to start with a runner on second base. And so the complaint that I have, just to make sure we're as clear as day on this, is that a team can win a baseball game without actually registering a hit because what they can do is they can sack bunt a guy over to third and then a sacrifice fly and they can win the game so that's why that rule is terrible because the hardest thing in baseball to do is to get a guy on base and so if you get to start with someone not just on first base mind you on second base in scoring position this is absolutely ridiculous but so the twins all they need to do they need to they need to score a run in order to keep the game alive and they pinch hit the turtle who, Dan, I think this is one of my favorite things that you've ever said. You said he will never strike out because he never sees three pitches. And that is 100% accurate. Like, he's not going to strike out because he swings at everything. We, and we should say his full name, Williams Estudio. Thank you. A.K.A. Yes. The Turtle. The there we Turtle. Go. Continue, yes. continue. Yes. So, what bothers me, though, I get that he's a contact hitter, but, man, the swings that he took did not look like they were swings that were trying to move the guy over. They were they were swings that were trying to score the runner from second. Sure. No, they were. And, and that's what I don't like about the Twins' approach to this, because regardless yes. of what the rule is, you, you got to move the guy over. Correct. We got to move on to Game Three, David, because yeah. there's so much. There's so much angst here about oh, even my Game goodness. Two. I'm game Three. Bitter. I know. So we talked about this a bit. So the Twins lose eight to six. The Twins score the first six runs of the game. They look like they're cruising, and then they bring in the bullpen, and the bullpen has its collapse. Well, hang, um, hang on though. You make it sound as though Shoemaker got out clean, and that well, is not what happened. Right, I guess that that's is right. not what happened. He gave up four <laughs> runs before he got taken out of this game, Dan, which I will argue, I will tell you, did I not text you prior to the home run that he gave up that they needed to pull it? You did. You did. I could, I have it on my phone. That's true. Yeah, no, I you're just, right. I, can't I, get I, I guess that, I can't yes. let Shoemaker off the, off, the, off the hook. Well, okay. So, and, okay. Here's what really bothered me. But so what bothers me as Shoemaker gets tossed, right, which I don't mind, and I can understand, to be fair, in the first inning, he got robbed. He should have gotten out of that inning with, like, 10 pitches, but the ump gave him absolutely nothing. I mean, he threw a lot of pitches in the zone, and they got registered as balls. But here's what bothered me. So he leaves. Dick Bramer. Dick Bramer goes, well, this isn't really this isn't really a true statement of how he did today, you know, giving up four runs. Who gave them up, Dick? Who how is this not a that's that's what happened? What do you mean that's not a true statement? Yes, it's a true statement. They're four runs and they're all earned, Dick. Well, it's not really how he did today. That's exactly how he did today. That's exactly how he did today. I don't what are you talking about? <sighs> David, I'm sorry. Where do we even put in the Guardy gripe today? I don't even know. Fans want an ejection. There it goes. And that was Gardy's gripe. I'm not. Even, I think it's all. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I have more quibbles with the end, but I think we'll get to the, my quibbles a little bit later. But the Twins do lose. Alexander Colomay comes in. Uh, he gives up three runs on a three-run home run to Kyle Seager, and just like that, it's eight to six instead of six to five. Uh, and the Mariners win the series, and they go to five and four. And the Twins lose a, a series at home for the first time this year, something they did only once last year in the shortened season. Oh, it's ugly. So. Let's just move on to the segments. I'm done. Right, play, the, let's... play the sound here for the Puckett's Picks winner, would you? Touch them all, Kirby Puckett! Puckett's Picks winner. Yeah, it was one of those ones that after the first game, it seemed pretty apparent what was going to happen. So you took Kepler, I took Cruz, and the listeners took Buxton, 
and this is the the inaugural win for the listeners here who took Buxton. Buxton had 20 points in this series. Cruz had a respectable 10, and then Kepler had 5, which again, everybody positive. If you look at these Pucket Picks points, you would think that, man, I bet the Twins had a pretty good series. Yeah, well, they should have, David. They should they should have won them all. I think. Yes, but anyway, but so season records here yeah. are even across the board. Both Dan, myself, and the listeners are all at uh, one win and two losses, Dan. All right, well, I'm going to do better this week, David. I'm going to win. I'm going to turn I- that around. <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm not picking Kepler, and I'm not picking Sano. That's for sure. I, but here we go. Yeah. Let's go to Beast versus Bench, and I'll <laughs> Speaking I can pretty of much Sano. tell you. I know. All right, play the sound. Beast versus Bench. Is losing fun? Is losing fun? Uh, I believe that we're going to be in agreement on the Beast here that it's Byron Buxton. I don't. That, I don't know. Is who that else your case? It could be. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I mean, the guy was on a tear this series. He didn't really single-handedly win them any one of the games, but he certainly was the reason they were in Game 2 and then in in, in Game 3 again, too. I just think he's the one... Well, he's not the only. He and Cruz are the consistent bats right now in this lineup. Correct. But it is nice to see him arriving in that fourth spot in the lineup. It's crazy. So, I again, I have to give you a lot of credit because at the beginning of the season, you had pointed out that you thought that this was going to be the year for Buxton. And on top of that, you also made the point that you felt it would be good to have Buxton batting higher in the lineup. Keep I it coming, David. Keep you. me telling. I know. This is I know. Singing I my praises. To, this is I, lovely. Folks, if you could see Dan right now, his head is literally inflating as I'm talking here. So he, I hope he's wearing some heavy pants so he doesn't fly away. I do have to give you some credit because you said, and he should bat higher up in the lineup, which is I think was good. And it, it's certainly proven to be the case that this is a good spot for Buxton to be in. It's also good if you can, if you have Cruz batting three, you have some protection because tonight no currently is no protection for anybody um, who I'm going to take as my bench thought about Colome. It's really hard to give a guy who, I mean, he wasn't single-handedly responsible for the loss because, again, needs to be remembered, Shoemaker gave up four runs before he exited this game, but it's really hard to give someone a loss who was in a game for such a limited amount of time. But Sano is, again, a non-factor. He just keeps doing this, but the thing is, so I was thinking about this, Dan, you were saying that, well, it seems to me that Sano needs to bat lower down in the lineup, and I think you're right about that. But it comes to a point where it's his bat, when it's effective, he's not a bottom-of-the-order bat. So sure. what do you do sure. with a guy who can't be a bottom-of-the-order bat in his style of hitting, but he's not being effective? Well, I think there's a spot him, for him you on the him, bench. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> there's a spot him. for him on the bench. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, this is an aptly named segment this time. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Jake Cave for my bench, not, not because I couldn't put Snow there, but because it seems that there's room for both of them. You know, Jake Cave today was 0 for 4. He left a couple guys on base. He struck out twice. Um, and then earlier in the series, he did not play in game two. But in game one, he came in and he pinched it. Here, my point more is related to the fact that I just think Garlic should be playing more than, than Cave. Uh, fair point, um, yes. And I just, at some point, you need somebody in the bottom of that lineup there. Today, it's specifically to just get on base and get a hit. Yes. And I think this is then Cave's cue to have a big series. So that's my that's my bench today is Jake Cave, but very easily could have been Miguel Sano. Yeah, I think that's great. Let's go ahead and uh, push forward here to Rocco's Rewind. Rocco's Rewind. David, we got a few choices here, I think, on this one. We've already kind of railed on the extra innings. I'm going to talk about today. I don't like Colome coming out and pitching today. Really? Uh, he threw, no, he threw, I think it was 24 pitches yesterday, and then he comes out again today. And remember last year, Taylor Rogers was not good. That second day. Correct. Right? And I get that in game two, you know, the Twins went through Duffy, Colome, and Rogers. I would, I think we would agree that those are probably the three guys most likely to close for Rocco. Would you say that? Yes, for sure. But then they trot out my guy, Alcala. 
right? And I think Alcala just should have been out there at the beginning. He's a guy the Mariners, I don't believe, have ever seen pitch at all, right? Because last year, they wouldn't have seen him. And just give the guy a chance here. He's fresh. He's ready. And as it turns out, he came out and he did give up a hit when he came in today, but he got two more outs. That frustrated me because you're already bleeding today and you're going to bring out a guy who already pitched the day before. I just thought that was foolish. You have depth. Yeah, I I wouldn't have minded that. I kind of thought perhaps we were starting to see a trend with Racco leaving guys out for two innings. And so Robles, I thought he might leave out. Sure. For totally. the ninth inning. Yeah. That seemed like something that could certainly happen, and I was a little bit surprised that he didn't. But, I mean, he only had 11 pitches, and he threw nine strikes, so clearly he was feeling it pretty well. So, I don't know. I guess I would have preferred that he stuck with him on the mound. But, yeah, to bring in Colomy, I guess I'm not as critical of that decision on its face as you are, but I think your rationale is certainly is certainly reasonable. Thank you. What are, what's your thought on Rocco Man, I, I have a few. So, one, as I already mentioned, not pulling Shoemaker. What were you thinking? The two guys who were got on base prior to the home run smacked the ball and it wasn't like a oh this seems like he's gonna pull out of this no what are you doing no pull the guy he's i think he was at 90 or 80 some odd 90 some odd pitches at that point he has two guys on base and there's no outs it's ridiculous the other thing in the second game i'm just gonna mention this but so he pulled Cruz for cave to pinch run and that came back to bite him a little bit because Cruz would have had an opportunity to bat later. Now, the thing is, I said it, I was watching with a buddy and I told him, I said, they'll pinch run for Cruz here and they'll bring in cave. And that's, you know, that's what was going to happen. It was a sure, pretty obvious sure. call, but it's one of those things where it's just, it sucks that that came back to bite him. I can't really blame Rocco because again, I called the call and I would have made it myself. Um, totally agreed. Totally yeah. agree. All right, let's go ahead. Let's play that. Uh, let's move forward. Minnesota moment. Play that sounder, Dan. Minnesota moment. My Minnesota moment today. I guess I'll just I'll just blow in here first. Um, this bullpen collapse in Game Three. That was a it was a it was a big moment in the season to me. I think this was maybe the biggest moment uh, in the negative sort because this was you know, as we mentioned before their first loss of the season that was not in extra innings. Um, but I just thought it was a moment that could have been handled better. You you talk about Shoemaker being pulled earlier. I talk about Colome. I thought it was kind of the worst managed set of innings. It's almost like they collectively thought. They're up six. The Mariners are on the road. They're kind of going to roll over and be done with this game. Um, and clearly they were not, which is a credit to the Mariners in that situation. But it is six nothing, and you got to figure the game's not over, though, guys. We got four more innings to play here, and the Mariners again, they're a better team this year than I think the Mariners team we've seen in the past. So that's my moment, both from a play and a managerial standpoint. Yeah, definitely a team loss. Congratulations yeah, to, totally. the, to the yeah, total team. Absolutely. I am, I agree with you here as far as the bullpen collapse is bad. And I think specifically the sixth inning, when it became six to four, it still seemed like the twins were playing as though they was six to zero. Which, absolutely. <laughs> so, totally agree. Yeah. It's like what do you, it was it was like very similar to like a hockey game, right? Where the team is up three to two or three to one and they're not playing to win anymore, they're playing not to lose. And that's very much how it felt here. Um Yes. But so, what about you? Yes. What's your moment? So my moment here, you know, I, I debated a little bit because there were some options here. I really that Garver's home run in game one, just because first game back at Target Field with fans in the stand, Garver is kind of looking to have a bounce back year after the struggles he had last year. It just looked so good. And I loved because Gardy was actually on the television broadcast. He was he was being interviewed was, by yes. um, yeah by Bramer and who I'm just I won't I'll leave Dick alone. <laughs> I won't say anything else about Dick today. But um it was wonderful because as soon as soon as Garver made contact, Gardy was like, Wow. <laughs> like like Yeah, he, I heard I heard that on the highlight. That yeah, was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. And so anyway, I just think that, that kind of it was a, a wonderful, welcoming sight back to Target Field. And 
now that it's like, you know, there was a year with no fans in the stand, Dan, and that year, the Bomba Squad wasn't really the Bomba Squad, but so it was kind of like a return of the Bomba, kind of. Ooh, I like that. That's a good name. That's a That was a positive moment. That was the moment that I thought the Twins were going to sweep this series pretty easily. Felt good, um, yes. So <laughs> I felt pretty good then. Let's go on to Mauer's Musings. Yep. I just don't know how it can get any better. Mauer's Musings. I know you're going to talk about our buddy Snow, and I'll probably piggyback off there. This is perhaps a minor musing in some sense, but I think Mr. Garlic should just be out there in left field for a while. Agreed. Rooker is out, so he's not playing, at least for another week, it looks like. You don't really have another option there aside from Mr. Cave, who's, I think his batting average is or a you know, rise. About, about where Snow. Right, or a rise, but you need a rise in the infield until Donaldson comes back. Which and may again, be we'll tomorrow. See. Which may be right, tomorrow, so, Dan. So they may get Donaldson back. So I, I get that too. But I, I wonder, is there a scenario here where they can give Mr. Sanoa a day off and then they can a play few, a rise you know. Or a few, play him in infield, and then just leave Garlic to left. Because because I think the guy has not earned for in any other sense, other than the fact that he's just playing well. Yeah, I think so. And we had talked about this last episode. I think that's a, it's a good point that you're making, that I think that he fought his way through spring training to get a spot on this roster that truly... At the start of spring training, nobody thought this guy was going to be on the team by any stretch of the imagination, but he's been effective when he's played during the regular season. So why you're putting guys out there who have not been effective is a little bit confusing to me. Clearly, you don't have all that much confidence in Jake Cave. No, and I think Garlic stays quite honestly and left maybe numbered sooner than later, right? I, I don't I don't think we see him as the starting left fielder at the end of the year, but oh, maybe no. if he keeps playing well, I don't know. I, it's kind of a Chris Calabello type moment here where we, yeah. see, we see a guy who you're like, who's this guy? And all of a sudden he gets real popular and the twins start running some promos for him and then you never hear from him again. <laughs> uh, your musing, I assume, is about Mr. Sino. Well, yeah, so I just wanted to point out, so again, Twins Daily does some great work. They have a lot of different articles and Nash Walker wrote an article about how Sano this season has actually been chasing a lot less pitches, even though he's been striking out uh, still at a pretty significant rate. So the thing is to note here is that he's missing, but he's missing hittable balls. Now, I don't know how much I agree with this. Again, this is just the eye test. I have not done any sort of analytical research. All I know is every time Sano comes up to bat, I'm like, well, this should probably end any sort of momentum or rally the Twins are having. I think this is, uh, yeah, this should do it. This should do it. Let's uh, move on to the next inning. There's no reason to watch this play out. So, I, yes, is it possible that Sano is tracking the ball better and he's not swinging at such wildly ridiculous outside low pitches? I suppose. But to me... Still doesn't change the fact that he's still striking out all the friggin' time, Dan. Can I give my ratio? Uh, yes, yeah. no ratio. Please, so please he, do. He has 16 strikeouts in 33 at bats. So he's actually under the 50% mark. <laughs> Congratulations. Now. Um, and he has three hits in 33 at bats. So for some perspective, Jake Cave has four hits in 28 at bats. And Mitch Garver has four hits and 22 at bats. And we were just so, talking about how Jake Cave should be on the bench. Yes. So if anybody, if Jake Cave should be on the bench, then Miguel Sano needs to be on the bench too, unless it's his stellar defense I, that's <laughs> keeping him out there. I No, I do think it's an absence of anybody else who's going to play first base right now. I think he would be on the bench if, if Rooker's healthy, to your preseason prediction, your bold prediction that is yes. looking more and more accurate. Rooker can play first base. I think Rooker would be out there if he was healthy. I think it's very likely. So I guess that is a question I have for you right now. Would you rather have Sano or the Turtle playing first on a daily basis? I think I'd rather have the Turtle. And then and then maybe you bring... <laughs> I'm laughing. You bring Sano in for that big moment. But I don't know. <laughs> what? Um, what? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's reverse. Maybe I want to see Estadio come in in the big moment, and you leave Sano in there. Maybe I don't want either of those. I don't want either of those guys in for big moments, Dan. You no, know, 
And that's their problem, right? That's the biggest hole in their lineup right now is the Miguel Sano-sized hole that they just don't know where to put him. All right, serious grades, David. You you go first. Oh, man. Well, let's hit that sounder. Series grades. Yeah, I, I got to give them a D here, Dan. I They still won a game, right? So I can't, I don't know how you could go further down. I mean, maybe a D minus, I suppose, but I just, this was bad. They should have won the game today, no question. The game in extras was at least forgivable because that one was so close, and there were moments where they could have pushed run across, and I really didn't like the way that they performed in the 10th inning. I got to give them a D, Dan. What do you got? I have the same. D minus to me, I don't know. That's just such a charitable F, right? That's like, (laughs) gosh, I I just got to pass this class. Can you just give me a D minus? You know, so I'm going to go with a D. It's not a fail because of that first game was so good. Yeah, I it's it was a bad series. It was a bad series. We need to bounce back. It's a four game series against the Red Sox at home. You got to take at least three, right? Like I think that needs to be the goal here. The Red Sox are six and three. So today, being Sunday, they just put up fourteen runs on Baltimore, who's four and five. So I don't know. We're, we're gonna see. I mean, if uh, I don't know, do you think they can beat? Th- I, I don't know. Now that I look at that record, I think a split would be okay. I'd still prefer the three. I mean, obviously I'd prefer it, but I still think it can be done because I think that you're, if you're going to drop a game, it's likely going to be the half game tomorrow, but then you're back to the top of your rotation. So you gotta, you gotta perform. And again, the way that the twins starting pitchers really up until Shoemaker today have looked excellent. Well, right? and to, and, to be uh, fair to Shoemaker, had he been pulled when he should have been pulled, that line would have looked good. Well, now you sound like, like Dick Bramer. No, again. no, because I didn't say that he did do well, and this wasn't this wasn't truthful of how his performance was. No, his performance was what his performance was. What I'm saying is, had he had adequate management and been pulled appropriately, his day would have looked much better. Gotcha. Okay, I like that. So are we going to see? Are we going to see more Hap tomorrow or more Dobnak? You know, think? I, I still think we'll see Hap at least through four, hopefully through five. Dobnik was warming up today when it was six to zero, but then. When Shoemaker gave up the home run, then they had to switch over and bring in Stashak because they it wasn't it wasn't an innings eating situation any longer. So tomorrow, I bet we see Dobnik. But yeah, I I, I hope we get four or five out of Hap. What do you think? Hey, I would have been happy to see Dobnik today. I think at the end of that game. No, I think probably Hap as well. Um, unless it's really out of hand in the Twins' favor and they just say Dobnik, you go get one of those three inning saves again, and heck, throw in a couple more innings. Do you still get the save if you pitch five? I think I think you probably <laughs> that's you why can't he, that's why that he gave up those runs. I think too. It was just, he was like, well, if I don't get the uh, the three inning save, maybe I can get the. Uh... <laughs> All right. And we'll see you Puckets picks. My Puckets pick. Are you ready for this? Well, hang on. So the fans always get to choose for, or excuse me, the oh, listeners. Sorry. I got to stop right. calling All them right. fans because, again, we can't, we can't emphasize enough that the people who listen here, Dan, they're only listening so they can criticize what we say. But anyway, so the listeners are taking a rise here for the upcoming Boston series, which I think is wise because he'll probably play at least three out of four and especially if he's batting at the top of the lineup, Dan, he's almost guaranteed points, right? Like that just seems the way, because he's not going to strike out almost at all. Oh, that's wise. I'm going to take Buxton. I just can't not. Shocking. Right? Imagine the, I imagine the criticism if I would have taken anybody else. Who you take? Um, well, I got, well. See, now it's interesting, right? After you take Buxton off the yeah, list. Yeah, I'm still going to take Cruz. I think I have to. I, I just don't know why why I wouldn't. I mean, Buxton is is really the pick. I understand a rise, especially in a four-game series. 
I am going to take Cruz and hope that see, the problem with Cruz is he has to have big games. Like, I don't think you're going to win with Cruz because he scores 12 points, right? Like, like Cruz is probably going to score under 10 or he's going to score over 20. No, I agree. And um, he's not going to steal you a lot of bases, no. David, to really <laughs> that is, rack that up is those accurate. extra points there. And he can ground in the double plays. So, I mean, there is some concern to choose Cruz in this situation where he is there is eligibility to have a decent amount of negative points uh, against him. That's true. Well, here we go. So Twins could get Donaldson back at some point here in this series. Uh, And then it looks like Rooker is still a couple series out, Um, but they may have their full complement of bats somewhat soon, David. Somewhat soon. Well, would you, would you, keep rooker in that full complement of bats based on what they saw of him last year yeah what do you i guess what do you mean full complement do you think he's not he doesn't count yet like he's not in the club yeah that's kind of <laughs> yes he's not he's not in the squad he's, he's not, he's not in, in the, the bomba squad yet he's not in the club um so yeah i don't know that i would consider him part of the full complement of bats i think he's a guy but i don't think he's one of the guys at this point i'm glad we figured that out all right david how about you send us out today i've been sending us out all the time oh my goodness i would love to thank you there mr thompson so you're welcome well folks if you like what you hear please tell a friend you can follow us on twitter at men for the win and you can find our men for the win facebook page if you want to participate in puckett's picks as the listener pick feel free to message us on facebook please make sure you subscribe to the podcast to be notified when new episodes are available and if you could leave us a rating that would be great thanks so much for listening and as always go twins That'll wrap up another episode of Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, go Twins!